Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Sticks and stones. Even those words. Even those words, just hearing those words, watching them on screen, they impact you somehow or another. They'll take you back to a place of something that happened. Now, does anybody know or did you ever think about where that actually started, that whole phrase? It's, it's, uh, Sticks and Stones is an English-speaking uh, nursery rhyme. But it started in 1844, and it was in a book uh, by Alexander William Kinglake. And it didn't actually go uh, Sticks and Stones. It's, it said something different. It said, Sticks and Stones... I may break my bones, but names will never harm me. There's been multiple variations of the sticks and stones. It's it's gone from sticks and stones, may break my bones, but words shall never hurt me. Words will never harm me. Uh, One Jewish writer wrote, wrote, the blow of a whip leaves a welt, but a blow of the tongue crashes or crushes bones. Caleb said as he started this service out, and the truth of the matter is, no matter how you've heard it before, whatever variation you've heard it, it's a lie, isn't it? Because sticks and stones, yes, they break. And I've had broken bones before, but words kill. Years ago, I did a series on, it was on the uh, God's top 10 list. It was on the, the 10 commandments. And I remember getting to that shall not kill. And I thought to myself, there's nobody in our church. I hope there's nobody in our church that's ever killed anybody. But a lot of us have either been murdered or murdered people with the words that we use. How we spoke to our spouse or our kids or spoke to a teacher, how we spoke to maybe our boss. And it's a real issue in the world that we live in. And it's interesting because we started this year out, I don't know how many people remember, but back in January, we started this year out, 2022, with a theme called Revive. And we looked at a passive scripture in Psalms 119.25 where it says, I lie in the dust, and it says, revive me by your words. Revive me by your words. There's something important about those words. And we've looked at every uh, segment of, of, of what we've done on Sunday mornings. And we looked at how can we be more revived by, by God's word? How can we be more revived by the things that God's speaking to us? And today we're going to kind of start this series off by talking about the importance of our words. Psalms 19 is going to be a kind of a foundational passage if you want to write this down. It's, it's, it's become something that I try to pray at least uh, one time a day. And it just simply says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth, what's coming out of my mouth, what, what's going and resonating in my heart, let them be acceptable. And at the end of the day, that's really what we want to do. And we want to work on this, this thing we call words. What we say, who we say it to, how we say it, and when we say it are all important, aren't they? You can say the right thing at the wrong time, and it would be wrong. A passage of scripture that came to my mind as I've been getting ready for this series is uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. It says, either make a tree good or its fruit good, or make a tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, he's talking to hypocrites, he's talking to religious people here. He said, how can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just stop for a second, think through that. The abundance of the heart, what's going on inside, comes out somehow, some way, doesn't it? And I love it when people have said to me in the past, I really didn't mean it. They, 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 they throw out a, a harmful verbiage or, you know, they say something, uh, maybe a line or a sentence that brings great harm. And they go, I really didn't mean it. And I go, no, no, you did mean it. It was down in here. Whatever's resonating in our hearts is going to eventually come out of our mouths. One of the things that's a fear for a lot of people on our staff is I have no filter. How many people know that? 
they live in great fear sometimes on Sunday mornings because they're going like, what's he going to say? And I've learned to, you know, kind of somehow another put of a filter in place between my brain and my mouth. But I'm telling you, lots of people, lots of people in this room have turmoil going on in here and it's resonant, it's coming out of our mouths. And how can we stop that? How can we, and I think it starts with this, understanding the power, the power of our words. And then it says this in verse 35, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and an evil person out of his evil uh, treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, listen to this, you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. By your words you'll be justified. You'll be made right in the sight of God and by your words you'll be condemned. Now I don't know how many people, how many people were with us during the wisdom series, uh, Choose Wisely? How many people made a couple of them? Well, one of the ones we did was about words. And I, I was telling somebody earlier before service started, I had about 60 pages of notes from that one message. And so what you're going to get is the remnant of all, the, all, all that stuff, that, that one from Choose Wisely, our words. But I'm telling you, there's, if there's ever been a time in the course of our history, in the, in the world that we live in, because we use words in so many written words and spoken words, that we've got to control what we say and control what we do. We've got to, we've got to be mindful of that it's right now. And I love that passage because Jesus is saying a couple different things. He's saying in the words that you speak, carry a, trend, a tremendous amount of weight and bring life or death to the people around us. And Jesus is also talking about the impact that our words have in our own life. So today I want to ask us four questions, okay? And I want you to write these questions down and throughout the course of the week. I want you to uh, just think through those. Just like, okay, how am I doing on this? And the first one's this. Are you listening to what you say and how you say it? Are you listening? You're saying, how do you do that? Well, by chance, it happened to a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine. Uh, how many people remember the days where, where um, answering machines were, were tape-driven? They weren't like voice recorders. They were like literally you would remember picking up the phone and, and, you'd, and I'm like, this is Bobby Smith and we're not here right now. And you'd have to go, like, hold on a second, right? Just wait a second, wait till it gets over. And then, well, a friend of mine actually made a phone call and he was calling his home and he was calling his wife. And that same exact thing happened. Well, they didn't erase it. And he got home later that night. And his wife has always been telling him, like, when you talk, you, you have like an edge to your voice. You have a lot of energy in your voice when you're talking. And so he got to the voice recorder, and they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't uh, erase it. And so he, he pushes play, and he listens to it, and he goes, I sound so mad when I talk. I sound so angry when I'm talking. I'm talking to the person that I love the most, but there's something, there's something going on inside of me, and I sound like I'm really, really, really mad at this person. And, and, and he said to me, he said, Bobby, I had to start listening to the things I say and literally asking people around me, how did that come out? You ever done that before? Like, how did that sound? Did that sound like it was angry? Because it wasn't meant that way. You know one of the reasons, I'm just going to go off, off the script real quick. You know one of the reasons I hate email and text messages? Because you can't sense emotion in them. Um, Alan Runner, one of my best friends, um, he's our executive pastor here. He sends lots of emails. I, I, and he sends, like, every day I get a, a several, and all of us on our staff get several emails. And I said, Alan, you can't send me emails. I can't read your emotion. I can't see your eyes. I don't see the, you know, what's going on inside. I don't sense what's happening right there. But I'm telling you, some people, you can sense in their words, their anger or their bitterness or resentment or something, some type of hurt. You got, we got to start listening. And it's a great challenge. It's a great challenge. And maybe somebody that you trust, maybe somebody in your, your J group or accountability group, or maybe your spouse, if you have that kind of you know, great relationship that you're not going to argue about that, say, hey, how's my words coming across? When I say these things, does it sound like I'm mad at you? And it's interesting. There's two reasons that we should do this. There's two great reasons. The first one is your words reveal what's really in your heart. 
Your words reveal what's really in your heart. See, there's a connection, I believe, between the condition of your heart and the content of your speech. There's, there's a direct line right there. And, and somebody that's always saying stuff, that's always negative, there's something going on. What, what does it say? For out of the abundance of the heart, that's what Matthew 24, 34 says. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You ever wondered what's really in your heart? Maybe tape record yourself because it's going to come out. Listen to yourself speak. Listen to what you say in the presence of others. Listen to how you talk throughout the day. And I'm going to tell you another one. Listen to what you say or don't say in your communication with God. That's equally as important. How you talk to the Heavenly Father says a lot about what's going on in your heart. James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is what? Worthless. You you know, it's it's interesting. I know lots of people that talk talk to talk. Anybody else know anybody? They talk to talk. They, they act, they, they talk, they talk. Actually, had a time, we had a men's breakfast yesterday down in our Sherwood campus, and I was talking to a, a, a guy who's an atheist. And I was like, why did you come? He said, somebody invited me. And he said, you know something? I, I think I could like you. I'm like, that's great, thanks. I think I can maybe like you too. I don't know you very well, but we'll, we'll go with that. But I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I've been talking to people around here. I know a lot of people that go to your church, and he goes, they say that you're the same person on the stage as you are off the stage. You talk the talk. You're the same guy. Now, that gets me in trouble sometimes. But it's one of those things where you talk the talk. If anybody, religion, if they're, if they're not, their religion is worthless. How many people know who Abraham Lincoln is? I'm just making sure you're paying attention right now. <laughs> like some of you are like, oh my gosh, she's going to start talking about my words in a minute. I am, but Abraham Lincoln used to write two letters when he was in conflict with somebody. He would always write one letter that was scathing. It would, it would say every small detail. It would share about all his anger, all his resentment, everything he was mad about at that person. He would write that letter. And then he would take another letter and he would write it eloquently. He would put all the nice words in and he would take out all the bad stuff. And then he would crumple the one that had all the bad stuff and he would send the one that had the good stuff. Man, don't we wish we could do that now? Like in our words, just the things we say. Don't we wish we could take some things back? Don't, don't, we, don't we wish that we never push send on some of the things that we push send on? So it's, it's important. It's because our words reveal what's going on in our heart. Your words tell about you. They tell a story. They tell the habit of what you're listening to, what you're allowing to come into your life. That's the first reason. That's only one. The second reason is this. Your words have the power to help you change. What you say is what you become a lot of times. What you say to the people around you is what they become a lot of times. The Bible says it like this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth those words that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's the words that, 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 that rectify, it's the words that reconcile us for which with the heart one believes and is justified and with the, uh, the mouth one confesses and saved. Mark chapter eleven twenty three. 23. Whoever shall say to the mountain, you remember this passage? You say with words to the mountain, be thou removed, and thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Our words have great power to change things. Our words have great power in your speech. And I'm going to tell you something. In your speech, if it's filled with uplifting, empowering content, it'll change your day, won't it? Do you hear me on that? You can't talk defeat all day and expect to experience victory in your life. <sighs> Do 
my grandmother, who is with Jesus right now, was the most negative person I've ever met in my life. Everybody has one of those? I remember growing up, because we would make a joke out of it, if the Lord wills, and I'd go, and the creek don't rise. But every, everything, like, hey, and they lived next door to us for a long time. Oh, my goodness. But she would say, I, I'm coming over swimming in, in about an hour, if the Lord wills. Like, what's going to happen? Am I going to die between going to the swimming pool? If the Lord wills. But you know something? You can't talk down about your circumstances. You can't talk down about your life and experience peace. You can't, you can't speak chaos all day long and expect somehow or another to have peace in your life. There's no way. It doesn't compute. It doesn't work. And the people that I've seen in my life that are the most frustrated and the most anger and bitter, you know what? It's resembled in their life, everything they do. And it's almost like they bring their own turmoil on themselves. You can't do it. You can't complain all day long and experience joy when you walk in the house. It doesn't happen. You can't be critical about every situation and expect somehow or another to expect contentment to happen. You can't give, you can't give, listen, you can't, you can't give a voice to worry and expect to experience God's peace. And you just can't, it doesn't happen. Your words, my words set the tone and the outlook for everything else that's going on in my life. Everything. So what do you, are you listening to yourself? What are, what are you saying? Here's the second thing. This is important. Are you listening to the words that you're using in your conversations with God? Now, what am I talking about there? I'm talking about prayer. Now, I want to say something. Y'all, I know some of you, y'all are pretty prayers. Y'all know what pretty prayers are? You say every word perfectly. You're eloquent. You rhyme. You have three Ps and a poem in your, in your, in your prayers. Right? You have points. You have subpoints in there. I don't pray like that. Some of my prayers are honestly sliding across the floor and going, oh, God. Can, can I tell you something? And somebody needs to hear this today. God wants you to be, to be brutally honest with him. God, as a matter of fact, he, he expects you to be honest with him. He, he wants you to lay the things out over and over in the Bible. We see it over and over. We see these great men and women of God that are pouring out their lives. Listen to what David says. David says it like this in Psalm 61. He says, hear my cry. Hear my, it's not hear my cry. It's not, bless your heart. It's hear my cry. Oh God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will, I will call to you when, when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher. Verse, verse three, it says, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my enemy. Do you know what he was crying for? Do you know what he was crying from? He had his best friend's dad, Saul, chasing him, trying to kill him. And he has his son, Absalom, trying to kill him. He wasn't, this wasn't time for pretty prayers. This was time for gut-wrenching prayers. In Psalms 142, he says, with my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. Read Job sometime. Y'all know who Job is? Job was one of the wealthiest people, and he lost everything. He lost his family, he lost his kids, all his friends. These are great friends. We need to do a series on friendship, what not to have in your life. This is what his friend said. Why don't you just curse God and die? Even his wife said, great wife, just curse God and die. But you know what he did? He stands up. The Bible says he takes his clothes off, and he rolls around on the ground, which is a sign of repentance. It's a sign of, of mourning. And then he says this, this little one, but my Redeemer lives. 
my Redeemer lives. Man, if we got to the point in our lives that we were like that, that we could be brutally honest, how would God... Listen, even, by the way, Jesus did it. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, just hours before being crucified. And this is what he yells out. Father, if this horrible thing that's about to happen to me, if somehow or another this, this can pass, please let it pass. He, he's on the cross, y'all. And he, he, he yells out, he screams out in Aramaic, Aloy, Aloy, Rama Sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you doing this to me? Listen, I'm telling you, one of the greatest areas of our life, one of the, the, the biggest areas that we have the most answered prayer is when we're honest to God. I don't understand why this is happening, God. I don't understand why this cancer happened. I don't understand why this problem, I don't understand. I, I think it's okay. We, we need to be honest with speaking our fears and our frustration. We need to be honest and, and sharing with him that our faith, and besides me, has anybody's faith ever faltered? Like you just, sometimes you just go, I don't even know if it's worth it sometimes. I used to joke around years ago, and I, it's not a joke, and I shouldn't probably say it, but if I would have read the fine print the day I asked Jesus to be my Savior, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Because there's been a lot of heartache in 30-something years. There's been a lot of struggles. There's been a lot of problems. There's been a lot of friendships that broken. There's been a lot of that. But I found out that God answers my prayer when I'm honest with him. I wrote a prayer out a couple weeks ago, and I thought I'd read it to you just if you're, if you're okay with that. Can I just, because I think some of us need the permission. And, and this is what I wrote in my prayer. I, I prayer journal all the time. I said, I said, I've said something along the lines of this. God, I'm more discouraged than I've ever been. I'm more frustrated than I've ever been. I'm more heartbroken than I've ever been. And sometimes I feel like you don't care, but there's also a part of me that knows you do. There's a part of me that dares to believe, even though my emotions are out of control, even though sometimes I feel completely fed up with it all, I know that my Redeemer lives and I'll choose somehow or another to trust. All of a sudden, you know what happened after I wrote that down? I started getting some answers. And I think it was because God was just going, I want you to be real with me. Don't give me a pretty prayer. Here's another question for you. Are you listening to the kind of words you speak to yourself? Okay. Romans chapter 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Could you imagine what could happen in our lives? If we heard ourselves speaking God's word and God's truth throughout the day, every day, in, in all the cr critical moments, if, if we were allowing ourselves to hear God's word every day, if we were speaking things like this, Joshua, this is one of my favorites, Joshua chapter one, verse eight, the book of instruction may not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night and that you may be carefully observe everything that's written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. By listening to God's word, we prosper and succeed. The more we speak God's word, the more we'll grow spiritually and the more we'll prosper. That's what scripture says. Now, I'm going to say something. You may not be... Oh, it's hard to control our emotions at times, isn't it? Am I the only one? Okay, I was like, I was having to... Like, everybody looked at me like, what? Where's he going with this? And it's hard to control the world and what the world tells us, right? But I can control what I'm saying to myself. I'm going to give you... If you're a note taker, I'm going to give you four scriptures. These are four scriptures that when I'm going through it, 
I recite, I say to myself, Psalms 119.11, the word I have hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. I have hid it right here. Anybody, anybody have like a, like a life verse? One person. Anybody read the Bible? Occasionally? So I have Psalms 37. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed out begging for bread. We lived on that one for 30 something years. Here's one, Philippians chapter 4, 13. I can do all things. Now I'm going to say a word here. I'm just going to be, I'm going to, they wanted me to take this word out because it's in the King James and they didn't think I can say it. I'm going to say it. Okay. I can do all things through Christ with strengthens me. That's not what it says. It says in the King James, strengtheneth me. They changed it. It's not the same, is it? It says strengthen. That's wrong. They're, they're doing me dirty in there. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you may be able to endure it. You hear that? You will never get more temptation than you can handle. Never. That's something we can walk around. That's something we should be saying to ourselves as we're going through life. And I love Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As I hear myself speak the word of God, you know what happens throughout the course of the day? It strengthens me. It builds me up. I understand I can do all things. I understand that God is not going to give me more than I can handle. I, 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 can, I can understand this, that I'm a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And, and it's things that I say to myself to build myself up. Speaking those words counteract everything else that's going on. It, it counteracts what your emotions are telling you. It counter, counteracts what people may be telling you. It counteracts what the world on TV is telling you. It, it counteracts everything when God's word is spoken into our lives. So what are you saying to yourself? I'm gonna give you one more. Here's the last one. Are you listening to the words that you use with the people around you? Now, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna quantify this because I'm not talking about so much what I say to Tina. Because a minute ago I said, you can say anything to God and he can handle it. I think the problem that a lot of us have is we think we should do the same with people. That we should share every small detail of everything going on with us, all the bad stuff with everybody. And some people, and I'll be honest with you, I know a person that all the time, she lives in a constant state of turmoil because she's always saying negative things. And not only do people not want to be around that person, I bet she doesn't want to be around that person. And she's constantly in a state of term because like, she's listening to what she's saying. So what I'm talking about is not so much what we say to the people around us, but what we don't say, what we shouldn't say to the people around us. Does that make sense? What we shouldn't say to the people around us. Proverbs 13, 3 says this, the one who guards his mouth protects his life. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man holds it back. Now, I'm going to say something real quick, okay, because I'm going to sound like I'm counter, contradicting myself. There is sometimes you need to talk to somebody, right? Like a trusted brother, a trusted sister, sometimes a pastor, sometimes, you know, a counselor. There's times that you need to talk. But when you need to talk, we should be talking more about a solution than the problem. We spend so much time talking about the problem, and we never resolve the problem because that's all we talk about. One of the things that we have, and I've said this a couple times here in our, in, 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 on Sunday mornings, in our, I have enough problems. How many people have enough problems in their lives? Raise your hand. Okay, well, just I have enough problems. And so one of the rules we have is don't bring problems, bring solutions. 
Bring two or three ideas. It, we may not land on that one, but that may open the door for something else. And it's the same thing this. So I, we, we should be talking about solutions. Now, here's, here's kind of criteria that I use. I'm going to talk with the intent of getting advice and with the intent of taking action of the advice I receive. That's who I'm going to, I'm going to talk to somebody that I trust, somebody that I believe that they have my best interest in mind, somebody that, that's, that's smarter than me in certain, you know, has wisdom, that loves Jesus. So I'm going to talk to that person. Talk to someone who could speak wisdom into your life. The other thing is this, talk about the solution you're pursuing more than you talk about the problems that you're facing. What would happen if we did that? I, I, I have a friend of mine and he's probably watching online and I've asked him if, if I can share this, but he, he is dealing with a huge health crisis. Like it's, it's huge. And like when he first told me, he was like, I have, I have months to live. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But one of the things we were talking about, and I actually was spending some time with him this past week, I said, how you doing? And I, I started realizing something he doesn't do. He doesn't ever tell me how sick he is. He doesn't tell me that he only has it. Other than that one time, he doesn't tell me any of the other issues. You know what he tells me? This is how I'm beating this. I've, I've changed my diet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm spending more time with my kids. And this is what he said to me. Can you believe this? This is what he says to me. He goes, Bobby, every time I talk to you, I feel better about myself. And I'm going to tell you, I don't say anything. I just listen to him. But the words he's saying are positive. The words he's saying, I think even the words he's saying are bringing life where there seems to be death. And in our lives, we need to be speaking those things into our lives. So we need to be talking about the solution. His solution to this problem is not dying. His solution is, I'm going to live better. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to spend the most amount of time with my family. He, he's providing himself with, with, this, with this emotional, uh, you know, like, 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 like ammo that he's going to deal with the things in his life. And I thought about Proverbs chapter 16, 24. It says, gracious words, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. How many people have ever received a great word from somebody and you just go, oh my gosh, I feel so good about it. Well, today... What would happen if we received that word from God? That he loves us and he cares about us and that our words matter. And we are revived by his word and people around us can be revived by our words if we put in the check by asking those four simple questions. I'm, I'm gonna do two things right now. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna pray as I think Caleb's already mentioned, we're gonna pray for our students and all that. But I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads real quick. One of the things that I've learned is we can't take the words back, but we can't ask for forgiveness for them. And I know that even as I was studying this past week, there was moments where I was going, man, I should not have talked to my wife that way. I don't know why I said that to that staff person that way. That's not, that, that's not what was going on. And in this quiet moment, in, in this, this quiet moment, can you just start a conversation with the Heavenly Father? God, God, how is, how is the things that I say? How, how is my... And if you're sitting there going, you know something, I know I struggle with this. Go back to that first passage. The words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart. God, would you help me with my heart? There seems to be a huge disconnect between my heart and what I say. Or maybe there's a huge connection. 
between the two. God, I want to speak life in the people around me. I want to speak life about my relationship with you, Jesus. So God, would you help me with those things? God, I'm praying and allowing and asking the Holy Spirit to be the comforter in my life, but also the corrector in my life. That where I need correction, God, where I say things that I know I shouldn't say. And I'm, I'm not just talking about things that are, that are, that are like cursing. It's, I'm talking about motives and attitude and arrogance and bitterness and resentment, those things. Jealousy. Oh. God, would you, would you help me? Would you help us? Because the ultimate goal, because with the same mouth that we say things to people around us that are hurtful, it's the same mouth that we're praising you with. And something doesn't seem right there sometimes. So be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to do something right now. I want to honor where honor needs to be, but I want to pray. This past week, it's kind of a wild week. Like y'all sending kids off to school and right away, I mean, the very first day of school, we see something in our school system. It just, it makes me scratch my head. And for the last several weeks, I've been telling the staff that I want to pray over our teachers and our students. And that's what I did in the beginning of the service. I was upstairs with some of your kids, laying hands on them and praying for them. It was such a cool moment until I walk up there. Pastor Bobby's here. Got attacked. Attacked it. But I want to pray for you. So if you're a teacher or work in the school system, I don't care what you do, would you do me a favor and stand up real quick? Wow. Wow. That's cool. That's awesome. Thank you for what you do. Really. Thank you for what you do. If you're a student, Middle school, high school, college student, would you stand up? Wow, that's great. That's pretty cool right there, y'all. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freak some of us out now, okay? Because, I don't know, you may be afraid that you get monkeypox from somebody or something. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what monkeypox is. Is it a real thing? Okay, it is. I don't mean to be... If you're sitting around somebody, can you just reach your hand out and just touch them? Just, the Bible talks about laying on the hands and we just don't get a chance to do this very often. So, all right, that's cool. And if you don't feel comfortable, that's fine too. But still lay hands on them. Heavenly Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I first want to pray for our students. Got the students that go into school and as parents, we send them and we, we feel like it should be a safe place, but sometimes in the world we live in, it's just not that anymore. And so my heart and my prayer right now is, God, that you would keep our kids safe. Our kids would be safe when they go to school, God, that they would hear, they would hear about what they need to learn. They would develop social skills. But most of all, God, that you would keep them safe, that you would, God, and make them, let them be a light in the school. Let them see Jesus, the Jesus that we talk about here on Sundays and Wednesday nights. They've learned about in, in Journeyland. God, let the world, let the teachers see, let the, let the people around them see God, somehow or another, you through that. And I pray for our teachers, God. 
so many of them sacrificially give their lives day after day after day after day to make sure students are safe and learn what they need to learn. I pray that you would give them a double blessing, God. I pray that you would build them up. When they're tired, God, that they would have an understanding of why they do it, who they're doing it for. And ultimately, they're there as a conduit to you. They're there to make you famous through their teaching. So I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would be with them in a real way this school year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net. 